You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Thanks to Scott Riker for our fabulous Southside Sox Mothership podcast theme music. Unfortunately, we will not be listening to that song or even the actual Don't Stop Believing song as a retread from 2005 as the White Sox pursue a World Series title. It's just not going to happen this year. And well, my name's Brett Valentini. I am the host of this particular podcast. It's number 68 Mothership Podcast. And I don't know anything about Festivus or Soxivus or whatever. I'm just admitted I'm not too learned in the Seinfeld canon. So I'm going to kick this off by passing it immediately to the feistiest of all before the season even ended. He was talking about this story. So all credit due to the fabulous fabulous feature linked in this podcast post uh our soxivus um grievances uh tommy please tell me how aside from you just being a little bit rankled about how the alts is going how to come about and just give us a little bit of an overview about what the heck this is absolutely <laughs> um so first and foremost I, I just want to say thank you all to you contributing to this because um really um, my own anger can only get me so far in life. I need the camaraderie of others to help see it through. Um, but you know, it, I know you're not a Seinfeld fan, Brett, but basically as 
the whole second half of the season, there was just kind of this angst that I felt building throughout all of Southside Sox and the greater White Sox nation. And it just kept building and building and building. And then with the ALDS kind of running the way it did with the Houston Astros, basically, you know, beating the crap out of the Sox more often than not, it felt like we all could use a release. And I just kept coming back to, um, you know, the famous uh, Frank Costanza quote saying, I got a lot of problems with you people and now you're going to hear about it. And I know for me, I had a list in my head of things that were just pissing me off throughout the year that it's like, I can finally talk about all these things now because now no one can yell down at me about how Tony LaRusse is going to fix everything because he didn't. And this was our opportunity to kind of put together our list of grievances and, and air them out for the general public. Mary sucks of us, everyone. Uh, Tommy, <laughs> Tommy, I should have interrupted you right at the top of your introduction because you basically explained what being a White Sox fan is. It had to do with something about sharing anger and that. I was like, you just got, that should actually be on, that should be the subtitle of the pocket schedule for this year, yeah. next year, and all years to come. Um, we are just going to run down the list. I just published them as they came in order. So Tommy, you don't even get to kick off because you were really taking your time with all your grievances. <laughs> we are going to begin with Adrian Serrano is here with us. Let's do a quick roundtable of who's here. We've got Adrian Serrano, participant in Soxivus. We've got Super Joseph Reese's participant in Soxivus. Myself, participant in Soxivus. And of course, Zach Hayes, participant. The only person I think who wrote longer than Tommy Barbie. He had some <laughs> grievances. So we will get to Zach's in a bit. We're going to kick off with Adrian. Uh, I tried to sort of summarize in our poll. I'm actually going to check in on that poll during this podcast. But uh, I tried to summarize what everybody's grievance was. A lot of people sort of went in some different directions. I think I went with sort of, for Adrian, it was sort of like moving the goalposts. Uh, but you don't have to attend to that. Adrian, time to grieve. Yeah, um, I definitely felt that same thing, you know, starting probably just before the All-Star break, I think, uh, with Tommy. Like, you started to feel it. You started to see some things like, hmm, that doesn't seem right. And like, the more you started to bring it up, the more you're kind of just told constantly to, you know, just settle down, just enjoy the ride. Everything's going to be fine come playoff time. And like, now we you know, saw what happened in the ALDS. We saw that embarrassment. And then all of a sudden this whole part of the fan base just kind of changed over to, you know, enjoy the ride. Just wait till next year. Our window's just opening up. And it's like, what happened? Like, how do you guys, how did you fall for this banana in the tailpipe that Rick Hahn gave you that everything's going to be fine? Like, and I just don't understand, like if you would, or I would have walked up to Tim Anderson in spring training when he said that the White Sox were the best team in the American League and told him like, not only are you not the best team in the American League, but you're going to get embarrassed by the Houston Astros like he would not have taken it well but to see him like you know the next two days after the loss like that saying that this was a success and they're just happy to have gone to the playoffs two years in a row just really rubbed me the wrong way as a, a fan that took the GM at his word that they were ready to compete this year and anything short of a World Series was going to be a disappointment so all I'm doing is holding them to their word and I am very uh, I am very aggrieved <laughs> Those people who are saying just enjoy the ride, they they got they picked up a different free pocket schedule before the season. They are <laughs> looking at the wrong pocket schedule because 
yeah, you know, people are saying right now, they're like, oh, what are these, what are these clowns all chuckling over? These chuckleheads are just getting their laughs in on, uh, they won 93 games, man. Hey, Adrian, what do you got to say, man? They won 93 games. Yeah, I mean, and that's the, I, I just had this discussion on Twitter last night with a bunch of these people again. And like, <laughs> I had to like stop and say like, me being angry at my team for holding them to their word does not preclude me from also being hopeful about the future and the talent on this team going forward. I'm just saying that they had a chance to win this year and didn't really seem prepared for it. You know, when you see a team like Atlanta was another team that like really was in, you know, they could have sold off and just gave up on this year and said, Hey, we got talent. We're going to go forward. But they decided, you know, we see a chance this year in a weak division. We're going to go for it this year. And that's all I want from them. I just wanted them to look prepared. I'm okay with them losing. I'm just not okay with them looking like they did not belong. So if they got blown out by the Astros, like what are the Red Sox right now blowing out the Astros, the 27 Yankees? Like, I don't understand. How does this power dynamic keep working? Um, But yeah, I'll. A real quick detour from grievances. Uh, I would never have thought that we could have four less likable teams left in the playoffs, especially with the Yankees not being involved. This playoffs just sucks. Yeah. yeah, it's not not fun so far. And that's just uh, a that's just a mic drop moment. Deal with it, people. No yeah, comments I mean, at least, necessary. At least the uh, the Dodgers and Giants, and now the Dodgers and uh, Braves has been at least interesting. Like to watch, it's, it's decent baseball. At least that's all I can hope for. Joe, um, I, not that I picked up on any uh, any body language, but uh, are you at least a little bit in the camp where it's like ninety three wins, Adrian? You need a hug. Uh, or, I mean, we're going to get to your grievance, but do you have a little sympathy for like the bigger picture of we should appreciate this or are you not going for that? I can absolutely understand it. Like it's disappointing certainly to have such an early playoff exit for the second straight year. Um, obviously I'd at the beginning of the year, I if all you would have told me about the season was that they would have cruised to the division title with 93 wins, you know, not telling me anything about the playoff results, like just like that part of, you know, having been a mystery, I would have happily accepted that um, just because uh, like I thought the twins would beat them and I'm not going to take that for granted. And I, would have at least there would have at least been you know a possibility of a deep run in the playoffs, but you know having such an early exit um, for the second straight year is obviously not what you want to have happen, and um, th- that's certainly a good point about a little bit of goalpost moving from the team having such high hopes in spring training to um, losing th- three out of four games, which all of those none, none of those were really particularly close either. So yeah, I, I have some sympathy there for sure okay adrian joe is totally behind you on your grievance your grievance is legitimized uh okay uh tyrone palmer uh he threw in uh, he was really the most direct tony la Russa. i think a lot of us sort of nudged towards tony la Russa, sort of hard to avoid that elephant in the room but yes i mean he definitely dinged the white Sox for uh taking a step back both in like the PR aspect of it, because we've got a lousier, less smiley, less good manager in that. You can't put him on a pocket schedule. Uh, so they sort of lost the PR there by losing Rickery Renneria. And then, of course, strategy wise, they got nothing better and arguably worse 
than uh, Ricky with uh, Tony. Uh, Celeste, uh, Dog Day. Who will not appreciate the fact that there was no Dog Day this year? And really, that's an underrated grievance right there. Uh, Jackie focused, uh, Jackie Crestel focused most on uh, Craig Kimbrell and his weird presto changeo move. This is something near and dear to Zach Hayes's heart because he has studied this. And yet, Zach, you seem to be giving me like a little bit more hope that this is more of an anomaly. Do you really think that Kimbrell, given his age, uh, do you think really this was uh, possibly or, or definitely an effect of the weirdness of, you know, the, the pandemic season, et cetera, or it, it, well, I guess what I'm asking is, or, or is Kimbrell toast? Yeah, I don't know if he's ever going to be as good again as he was for the first four months of this year, just because for anybody of any age, that's really, really hard. Um, I don't think he's as bad as what we saw. Uh, As I've said many times, I think he and Rodon were afflicted by more or less the same thing, and that's throwing twice as many innings as they have in the past two years combined. Regular offseason, which Kimbrell hasn't really had after a full season for three years. I don't don't think he's toast. I don't know how good he's going to be, but... And I wouldn't be opposed to trading him, I don't think. But I don't think he's toast. And Zach, very generous there because you ignored a key factor because I read your story very carefully. I try to get smarter about the White Sox and baseball and being a human. Uh, the, The what would seemingly be the easiest thing, don't run the guy out back to back or maybe not back to back to back. And you just gave Tony a pass on that. Yeah, um... I've said it a lot. <laughs> uh, there's only so many bulk, you know, questionable bullpen decisions. You can kind of be mad about it any given time. I was actually, I'm, <laughs> you don't juggle that many. <laughs> and it's, you know, you got to give your, if we're going to have, if we're going to be in for it for another season, which I'm preparing myself for at this point, then yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take my well-earned break. I'm going, I'm going on another podcast on, um, on one Wednesday in which I was, I'm going to talk about an article I wrote earlier this year. And, uh, the Kimberl Kimberl one was actually suggested. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm done relitigating Craig Kimberl and Dallas Keuchel for at least another, I'm going to be honest, like six to eight weeks. Okay. I mean, I'll give <laughs> you a pack. Let's be real. I would love to say six Season. months, but you know. we're not, we're not getting there. Well, all right. Uh, uh, Zach is speaking to the, uh, what you let off with uh, Tommy. And that is just, you know, let's share the pain. Let's uh, yell into the void, but it's not the void. It's podcast number 68. And before we take a break, we are going to go to the man himself, the originator, the man who was grumbling before the season even ended because he just sort of knew how it was going to end it's tommy barbie who had a long grievance but uh i guess what really jumped out at me was the fact that there was really no connection between front office that hired the manager and the manager who was the manager which maybe leads you to believe the manager was just sort of running the front office but all right make sense of it for me tommy yeah i wish i could and <laughs> I, I i wasn't able to this whole season and and that has been the struggle for me and really the crux of i felt like even most of the grievances that we talked about because it's like if Craig kimball kimbrell is put in a better situation there's no way he puts up the numbers that he did for the white Sox in the second half of the season if you know you could go back to the whole Michael Kopech thing where it's like 
we're going to use them, then we're going to stretch them out. And then in the playoffs, he's magically going to be able to pitch six innings, but he can't start. And it's just like there, there was no, if they knew what was going on, they're just really bad at PR. I know socks usually aren't that bad at PR. So I have a feeling that there's just a total disconnect on who really was responsible for what and who was taking care of what. And to me, whether you look at the beginning of the free agency where they rushed out and signed Adam Eaton, because I guess the one thing missing was just a bad slap hitter with red ass like that that somehow was the magic <laughs> thing that they needed for the the season i mean they didn't even get the red ass <laughs> they didn't no they didn't they got nothing <laughs> and i mean it's like from that point on they were making moves that in a vacuum sure you can forgive and and wouldn't be an issue but compounding that with a team that didn't shift a team that didn't manage the bullpen well a team that didn't have the defensive flexibility that apparently Tony Larusa desired, it really never made sense. And, and I just, I, I still don't know how they're going to resolve that next year because their wish list is pretty much the same as it was going into the season. It should get easier. It should get easier. It should. They should. It should. Yeah. They don't have to write it on the palm of their hand in ink or permanent marker any longer. It's, it's pretty <laughs> much just there. All right. On Tommy's note, uh, sort of related was uh, Lee Allen's uh, grievance. Uh, although I think he really wanted to just pound the heck out of Tony because he, he does do that. But in an ancillary way, uh, his focus, and it's something he on the Sharing Sox podcast was hammering with uh, son Will Plenty. And that was... Um, I guess you call it overuse of starters uh, too deep into games or too many pitchers because combined with uh, some, I guess, inefficiency uh, in the starters, uh, Tony Russo all year long was really pushing health sort of got it thrown in his face with the Carlos uh, Rodon injury, which again, all that stuff could have happened if Rodon was just held to five innings all year, but Tony sort of like didn't care. He was like, I'm going to just do it the way. I do it and uh, was really, uh, he was shaking hands with danger there for sure. And uh, I guess the danger did sort of uh, jump up and bark at him. Uh, Whitney Hale, new addition, newest addition to the Southside Sox family. Uh, she threw in, which we've heard a little bit about. It's sort of taking me by surprise that the Frank Medichino is, is, is getting dinged a bit. But I guess after that ALDS, you would get dinged. Uh, she's had enough of Frank Manichino. She wants the White Sox to hit the ball in the air and maybe have a few of them, a few more of them go over the fence. I don't know if it's that simple. She made it sound sort of simple, but maybe it is that simple. Is it that simple guys? Are they going to just be able to it's kind of like, it's kind of tied to uh, Tommy brought it up. Like they don't shift, which is a Tony thing. And they also hit into a lot of shifts. It's like, they are just like ignoring everybody else's data that shifts work. You know, like those hard ground balls are not going through because the other teams are shifting and the other team's ground balls are going through because you're not shifting. And it's just that's all going in the wrong direction. And the one thing that they're on the same page about, it seems. Yeah. And the ground ball rate is so high for the White Sox. I mean, they they have nowhere to go but up. But I think the only issue I have with calling out Minikino solely is that you're talking about an organizational problem, like at every level the White Sox need to change their hitting philosophy to actually hit the ball into the air. You can't just say, okay, hitting coach is going to preach that, but they're still doing it in AAA and AA. Like they, they need to overhaul their whole philosophy. Um, and uh, to what Adrian said about the shifting, sort of getting hit on both ends of that, it's almost as if somebody in the organization thinks it's 
the 2012 season, not the, the 2021 season. I don't know who that could be, but I think maybe one person yeah. did really believe that. But uh, all right, let's take a quick break because then we're going to get a super Joseph and uh, a, to- a, a grievance, a wailing that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with Southside Sox Mothership Podcast, Soxivus Podcast. Merry Soxivus, everyone. Uh, number 68. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, guess what? Minutes up. We're back. We don't mess around here. We are getting right back to the grievances. We aired grievances. I believe we had a dozen, 12 or 13. Uh, good participation. It's the Tommy Barbie leadership is what it really came down to. When Tommy says, guys, complain, everybody's like, okay, let's complain. Let's get going on it. Uh, and, you know, you wouldn't think Super Joseph Reese's would get, you know, too rankled. But when it came to right field, uh, he got a little rankled. And I think what he's seeing in the uh, NLCS is making him even more rankled, but take it away, Joe. Both the NLCS and the ALCS, I should mention. Um, Yeah, shortly after the White Sox got Lance Lynn and Adam Eaton this offseason, I wrote, yeah, Lance Lynn, I'm not going to complain about. Yeah, he was bad in the playoffs, but I mean, he had a great season. Astros are a tough lineup. He had one bad game. Um, Adam Eaton was just a failure all around. There's really no other way of spinning that. And yeah, like you said, Jock Peterson has been playing very well in the NLCS. And that was pretty hilarious timing yesterday, as far as me finalizing my grievance for (laughs) this piece and Jock Peterson hitting that long home run on Sunday night. Um, Anyways, about that piece that I was mentioning that I wrote last offseason, I had mentioned Kyle Schwarber by name as far as a potential option that would be in the White Sox budget and obviously far from a perfect player, but I saw him as a potential buy-low opportunity as he didn't exactly end his Cubs uh, career on a high note he only had the OPS right around 700 last uh, in the shortened 2020 season and there were a lot of questions as far as his defense is concerned and and naturally a, a common response that I got from suggesting the White Sox get him was well I mean well with Eloy in left field do you really want to have two bad corner outfielders and yeah that's a very legitimate concern certainly but you're with the budget rest, uh, constraints it's going to be difficult you're not going to be able to get Mike Trout for 
for $5 million a year. Uh, so I, I would have been totally fine with that. Uh, and especially, you know, the, the whole Indiana thing also works in his favor a little bit, but uh, he hit a grand slam in the ALCS game just a little bit ago. And so that was also very good timing for this podcast as well. There was Peterson and there were, was sure were two options who I would have been totally in, in favor of, and they've both been playing very well in the postseason. Podcast audience, Super Joseph Reese's is reporting from Indianapolis, Indiana. You may not have picked up on that yet. He is half of the Indianapolis field office. Okay, Joe, you mentioned budget, budget restrictions. And speaking of budget restrictions and speaking of perpetual problems that the White Sox don't have to scrawl uh, on the palm of their hand to remember that they're there, let's move right into the next grievance. Another one near and dear to my heart. It's Zach Hayes and payroll yeah i don't know how i would i would condense that one into <laughs> into a poll a poll question it's just an um, eye roll it's just like so we were t- like our understanding of this team this core that they've put together is that it's different this is different than all the other however many decades of attempting to mostly attempting at least in name to contend under jerry this is a group of young electric stars who are going to be with the team for confirmed throughout their prime years. And yet nothing this season makes this feel any less like a Jerry Reinsdorf operation. Um, and if you know, you know, that's all I can, <laughs> that, that's all I can really say, you know, LaRusse is not going anywhere and we saw what happened. Did it change anything? Apparently not. Um <clears throat> They're still not going to sign. They're not going to sign Marcus Semyon. Uh, you know, they're probably not going to spend more than uh, what they've given to Liam Hendricks or Yasmani Grandal over the past couple of years. That six-figure, sorry, nine-figure contract is just not coming from Jerry Reinsdorf. And at a certain point, that's what needs to happen to make the roster better, to put you over the edge, so you don't wind up in that like ninety-three win. Like, are we there territory? Uh, the farm system kind of sucks again. Uh, there's a lot of nice looking players down there, but it is what it is. I think I said the words I used was even an optimistic reading. They're still yeah. in the bottom third of the league. Uh, they don't invest heavily in the draft or in international. They do in international free agency, but they put all their eggs in one basket um, with players like Cespedes and Vera. And um, how do you pronounce Oscar Cola? Colas? Uh, yeah, I think Colas. Colas, And, you know, if those guys don't work out, if they, they don't turn into another Luis, then what do you got? Where who, who do you trade guys for? How do you make those trades that the Padres are making this year? Uh, and that's all – those are all characteristics that have existed in Jerry Reinsdorf teams, not only in the White Sox, like multiple teams. There's a lot of history here. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's that's – scary uh in spite of how wonderful and electric and really good this core is they're going to be around but it's hard to have confidence that they're going to do what they need to do go to go over the edge and that's that's my grievance right there they should have that confidence by now and we don't i did notice the freudian slip of six-figure deal very good noted uh and uh, eggs in a basket you could tell i think i know what you're getting at but cuba the really the eggs they're just they're cuban eggs you know if it's cuba socks socks got them uh, anywhere else on the planet, uh, or maybe even the solar system. Now, 
no. Uh, okay, to round out the lineup, we had Crystal O'Keefe, uh, who's just simply confused by the use of Michael Kopech. She's brought it up, I think, a couple times in podcasts, but not really sure if he should have been stretched out a little bit better for a prep in prep for next year. I think she's a little bit more panicky about that than than uh, s- some uh, others. Um, you know, I think he's going to have time to stretch out and be a starter, but uh, certainly drilling down to the use in the playoffs. Oh, I'm all in with Crystal on that one because I was very puzzled to I mean, apparently he was maybe in the ICU in Houston because I would thought maybe we would have seen him. And even Tony said if they had a chance to win, he would have pitched him. Oh, Tony. Uh, okay. Well, speaking of Tony, let's, let's bring this home because my grievance uh, was a little less Tony, believe it or not. I, I managed to not have something really directly Tony related as my grievance, but it really was uh, the free agency approach. The fact that the, the white Sox. I mean, I guess it really drills down to Adam Eaton, Joe. So I guess I did sort of steal from you, but the idea that that was your day one of free agency, we knew the guy we wanted. We just grabbed him. And, and, and then you, you, then you drop the mic. That was the only uh, offensive contributor you brought into this team. Uh, and it's great that the White Sox from there had a run of luck with the Billy Hamiltons, I guess, of the world, the, the retread guys, and even some of the guys called up, but you shouldn't have put yourself in a position to need these extraordinary efforts and these, and these very, let's face it, probably lucky efforts in a lot of cases. Uh, to sort of redeem the season and get to 93 and see, I knew I would be find a way to have grievances and wail about a 93 win team. I was only four wins off Tommy Barbie. I was maybe I was closer to the final win total than you. And yet, true. yet I'm the grump <laughs> and the grouch. Uh, and then Hanster had uh, another a topic near and dear to my heart, the absolute lack of managerial hiring process. I believe it was even likened to something like a styrofoam process, but the fact that the White Sox have gone now 18 years, I guess it's going to be 19 years without an actual interviewing process since Ozzy Keaton. <laughs> uh, and the fact that the White Sox just, just straight out lied, I guess Rickon maybe didn't know he was lying at the time when he looked into all of our eyes on zoom and all of our eyes out there in the world, watching him on white Sox TV and said, yes, we're not only going to have a process, we're going to look outside of the organization because we recognize we've been a little bit too uh, inbred with the way we have done things. So we are make a conservative effort to go outside. And then really within days, the social media joke that quickly turned to horror, then turned to reality. And they did not, I guess technically they went outside the organization. They went outside the organization. I think as Tyrone Palmer put it, well, at least Jerry Reinsdorf gets to have his buddy around all the time. Gosh, isn't this a great way to run a baseball team? (laughs) Put that on your pocket schedule, White Sox. Um, Okay, how about this? Um, uh, Wildcard time. Uh, Anybody have a grievance on the tip of their tongue that uh, either did not get snapped up by someone else uh, or uh, really was like neck and neck for what you were going to write on? Um, Going to what Hamster said, when are we going to uh, see Cito Gaston get his, uh, you know, do do time with the White Sox now that he was wrong with the Azekian hire? Is he available for the 2023 season? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he was technically hired and then think, had to be, I think unhired. he's only a year. I think he's only a year older than Tony. So it's not really. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. He's totally there. Um, yeah, no, that, uh, and I think a lot of us sort of had that in our minds, like, well, I mean, how can you not? Because 
among all the things wrong with the process, and believe me, you don't have to drill down very deep to see what's wrong with hiring Tony La Russa in 2021, including the news that broke as he was hired. Uh, just the fact that they, it was, it was such, I think, as you put it, such a sham. I mean, it makes you feel like what, <sighs> this they is left, what they left AJ Hinch's signature on the yeah. freaking oh, exactly. I did some research in the Adam Eaton thing for, uh, for Joe and <laughs> out of all the free agent outfielders last year, the average war was 0. 0.5 and Adam Eaton finished at negative 0. 0.3, 8, 0.8 below the average of anybody else they could have signed. And again, Adrian, Joe, we got zero red ass war. We could have at least got like two red ass war. And we could have, we have a fun story to talk about, right? We'd be like, oh yeah, remember when uh, he invited uh, baby LaRoche back in? I mean, we'd have a fun story we could chuckle about right now. We don't even get didn't even fight one hey. person that got after a brave got hit, you know, 15 times yeah. on the roster. He didn't try to fight anybody. And that right. or even nothing to the table. Yeah, yeah, even on the Angels, he didn't like somehow find a way to come back and like you know run into the locker room and like yeah, hey, this is a locker for Drake. This isn't funny. The man has to pay a mortgage and he doesn't have a job. <laughs> mortgage. Why are we laughing? Nice, Todd Frazier Hayes. Nice, Todd Frazier Hayes. Uh, okay, uh, uh, others that that didn't maybe make your cut. Even uh, Tommy, who who wrote at length, and Zach, who wrote at length. I think really Hamster's piece on the managerial hire just like really struck home to me because I. I knew it in the background, but just like seeing that in print just hurt that the White Sox have been that incompetent for this long is just bad and painful. And that was just, that really struck a chord with me. I mean, I have to throw the flag because I believe there were at least five interviews over the last 19 years or whatever, because I believe Willie Harris did get that courtesy interview this last That's time true. around. So I yeah. think she forgot about Willie Harris. So really five. Uh, yeah. And you know, Tommy, the other thing that seems like it was like eight years ago that all that happened too. Yeah. That's, you know, that's another part of this. It's like, wait, is that really for this saxophist? Was that maybe last one? Because it doesn't seem like that could have even been this year, but well, it was for this season. And uh, yeah. Okay. Everybody now is this a, uh, Tommy again, you're, you're more um, scholar uh, in this. Uh, is, at what point do we grab the bottle of Tums? Or do we just not get to do that? Is that part of the, we have to suffer? We move on to the uh, feats of strength. Exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's that's when we find out who's going to From wrestle Tony La Russa. Yeah, yeah, Tony La Russa gets wrestled. <laughs> this, this is actually, believe it or not, this is coming. We are doing this. Uh, we're going to take the Tommy concept and we're going to push it to... We're taking it to the tin, no doubt about it. Uh, we started with Saxibus, and now, uh, yeah, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna. It's not all gonna be necessarily doom and gloom. Oh no, there will be, uh, uh, yeah, there will be feats of strength, and uh, um, there will be other antics throughout this entire offseason. This is just the first antic, and unfortunately, this sort of isn't. I mean, Joe, I wish this was just like a goof. Adam Eaton, it really happened. I wish that they hadn't hired Tony La Russa. It happened. Uh, we wish that there weren't perpetual issues about the uh, the the needs, the want list, or the mm, payroll issues that Zach wrote on, but <sighs> these are real issues. I wish this was fiction. I wish this was Yoan Mankata getting ready to go on stage for his coffee house uh, debut. And believe me, we will have more of those as well. In fact, maybe even 
somebody here has even written one or two of those as well. So a lot of stuff coming, uh, coming soon. South side sex, uh, readers, fans, listeners, watchers. Uh, it's not just, it doesn't end at Soxibus, but Tommy, I guess, you know, maybe we should kick it back to you just to take us out of this because, uh, did you consider it as a success, a, a successful, a good, did you consider it a good Soxibus? Uh, you know, so far so good. I think it, it was a very cleansing effect to air our grievances. You know, the comments have been really good to see. Yeah. And I, I think the readers are, are enjoying the participation. So, you know, I'm excited for that. And, you know, now that we've all kind of exercised all that and seeing how the rest of the baseball playoffs play out, I, I think we'll be ready for um, feats of strength and, and all the upcoming Soxivus festivities that we have planned. <laughs> yes, maybe the, I believe we may have advent calendars uh, available, uh, um, you know, somewhere, somehow. Um, this is not a competition. I may make very clear, uh, really, it is just an exhibition. So, of course, as you know, no wagering. But uh, Tony LaRusso, which I guess is Tyrone's topic, 21% of the readers are agreeing with that so far. We have already uh, 112 votes. Uh, and uh, Joe, the right field. Right field was an issue that spoke to many people. That right now is running second in terms of uh, the, the electorate out there at 15%, 17 votes. And everything's gotten a vote. Uh, Dog Day. There are people feeling solidarity with uh, Celeste Rodonio. Two votes. Just two, but that's that's two percent of the vote is uh, angst toward the uh, vacating of Dog Day, uh, and let's face it, <laughs> there's nothing like uh, the White Sox saying it's okay for forty thousand of us to get together, largely unmasked, cheering loudly, and uh, from what I heard, drinking a lot of beer. Uh, but boy, those dogs don't let them in. Bar them at the door. No barking. Uh, okay. Well, thanks everybody for uh, reading, listening. Uh, any last words from anyone here? Uh, Adrian's got his guitar. Uh, Tommy is plotting feats of strength. Joe Reese's he's got Indianapolis business. He has got, I got to tell you, everybody he's behind. I, there's like memos. He's got to answer. There's a lot of <laughs> Indianapolis field office stuff. He's got to hop on and you know, Hey, you got time. Season's over. You got time, Joe and Zach. Uh <laughs> apparently shopping himself to other podcasts where he is not going to talk about Dallas Keuchel uh, or Tony LaRussa or Craig Kimbrell. And well, okay, good luck. I don't know what there is left to talk about, but hopefully it's going to be good, happy things. Yeah. Feats of strength is coming. Exactly. Like we, we've aired our grievances. Now we can finally start to move on from this season and uh, start to uh, worry about this uh, CBA negotiation. Oh my God. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. All right. Well, separate hearing of grievances. <laughs> okay. Well now we have a new, new, new story to write. Uh, okay. Well um, I guess after feats of strength, we get to talk about the CBA. Thanks Adrian. Great. You've just re- Grinch Serrano. I always look for nicknames for people. We got the Grinch. Okay. Well uh, at any rate uh, for the Grinch, for the Indianapolis field office, for the originator, Mr. Uh, Tommy Barbie, 
uh, who's going to be leading us right into feats of strength. And of course, Zach Hayes, the man who is no longer going to write about Craig Kimbrell, at least until spring training. I'm Brett Palantini. Thank you for joining us for, thank you, Mary Socks of Us. Thank you for joining us for Socks of Us. And thank you for some of the comments. Actually, there's some, some actual good things that we missed on shifts and whatnot uh, that make a lot of sense too, readers. So uh, thanks for listening and reading. As always, we got more crap coming your way, including a whole lot of minor league stuff in the next week and a half or so. Ah, so keep on tuning in. We're going to have more stuff at you probably before you're ready for it. 